I'm Miles Kilby, and I want to welcome you to Encountering the Prophetic Podcast. My passion is to help people from all different walks experience God's voice. I believe, along with my guest, that Encountering the Prophetic has the power to change our lives and the lives of those around us. On this podcast, I want to help you learn how to hear God's voice and go deeper in the prophetic to spark change in your life and in others. Let's dive into Encountering the Prophetic now. Welcome back. This is Encountering the Prophetic Podcast, and I'm your host, Miles Kilby. I'm glad to have you back on the podcast today. I want to welcome you all in and trust you're having a wonderful week. I have a very special guest that's joining me today, all the way out from Branson, Missouri, and his name is Mondo de la Vega. And forgive me, Mondo, if my accent isn't <laughs> yeah. too great. But, That's uh, pretty good with that accent, my man. It's pretty good, man. We're working <laughs> on it. Got a little South Georgia twist in it. There but, you go. Uh, it's all good. So, Mondo, welcome. God bless you. Uh, God man, bless it's great you. To, yeah, great to have you on the podcast today. And man, uh, I appreciate you having me on. And we connected uh, a few weeks ago. And I appreciate you inviting me, and I thank you all, uh, all of the listeners that are joining in. I hope that today's conversation ministers to you, comforts you, but more than that, encourages you to find the calling that God has for your life. Uh, I believe we're in that moment, in, in the hour, where we need to know what we're called to do as individuals. And if you're, you know, if you're someone that is part of a ministry, uh, learn what your role is inside of that ministry or that church because there's nothing worse than being in the middle of a place and not know what you were born to do or what you were called to do. And yes. I hope we can discuss some of that because throughout my journey, Miles, I found that if if you don't find what you're called to do and find the lane that God has called you to fulfill, then you're going to find yourself lost and frustrated and there's nothing worse than being lost and frustrated uh, in the work of God. Right, right. Yeah, that's awesome. That's powerful. That's man, you got me going already, Miles. So true, <laughs> man. I'm telling you, well, you you get me going, get me fired up here, because um, even this past week and the past couple of weeks, uh, the Lord had spoken something to me recently, and um uh, he said, I want you to prophesy purpose to people, prophesy their purpose to them. And many times, Mondo, you know this, and part of the, in the prophetic uh, move of the Spirit, that um, the Holy Spirit, the revelation that he brings forth, especially in personal prophecy concerning other people, is uh, an unveiling of their purpose and who they are. And that's part of the prophetic ministry is helping people come into their purpose and their de- and their destiny, helping them helping them get established in that, which all revolves around hearing the voice of God, which is you and I both know that's vital in our walk with the Lord. And uh, what you're saying, you know, I've been thinking about this too, Mondo. Is it's like the seasons they're starting to change down here in South Georgia. We have a short winter here, and now we're already going into springtime. But it's like you know, wearing a 
a, a huge down coat in the middle of summer. It's like you for you didn't realize the seasons changed. And so, Absolutely. Uh, you know, we want to stay current with the Holy Spirit, what he's speaking, what he's saying. And as you said, kicking us off, uh, how important it is to come in to that prophetic destiny. And why don't you share with us a little bit kind of your journey and how the Lord brought you in to the prophetic destiny that he that he has that he has for your life and you know all that absolutely you know thank you again i want to thank you for inviting me and being a part of this podcast and this conversation because i think we need to continue to hear other people's stories and hear what god has done in in their lives and you know today i am in front of millions of people every single day through the jim baker show and then, of course, my show, The Mondo Show, that airs every Monday night on the PTO Network. But before I even got there, before I even arrived to that, there was a journey. And that journey started about 23, 24 years ago. And through that journey, I found myself getting closer and closer to the calling that I'm fulfilling today. Now, I want to make it clear, I'm not a prophet, I'm not a watchman, I'm a student of the Word of God, and I've been blessed to be around watchmen and watchwomen and, 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 and prophets, and I've come to understand one thing, is to be able to get that kind of uh, name or, or, or someone uh, to call you a prophet or a watchman, there's a process to it. You don't want to name yourself because then what happens is you can't live up to that. You know, God calls, yeah. God calls the prophet and the watchman. But a lot of times when God gives you a word to deliver, it's a very hard word. And sometimes right. prophets stay on the safe side of things. But I've walked among prophets that have received a hard word for a nation, a hard word for... Uh, the current events that are taking place, and sometimes it's difficult to deliver those kind of words, but when God speaks to you to deliver that word, you are to obey. And a a lot of new prophets and a lot of, you know, self-named watchmen and prophets only want to give good words. But throughout my journey, I have discovered that when God speaks to you, you listen and then you obey because yes. you don't want the blood of their hands to be in your hands. You want to be able to be obedient. And throughout the 20-some years, I started out by serving. You know, I started out by serving. And if you want to know God's calling in your life, if you want to find out what, what God's purpose in your life, you start by serving people. And I started serving at the Dream Center in Los Angeles with uh, Pastor Tommy Barnett and Matthew Barnett. And I was part of the inner circle. And I was blessed to be around mentors that understood when God gives you a vision, how are you going to fulfill that vision? And when I started there, I started by serving the community and, you know, my, my former life, I, I was one of a, a former gangsters or, you know, a former gang leader in East L.A., California. And when I met 
when I had the opportunity to accept Christ in my heart, I had no idea where my life was going to go or be or end up, um, you know, throughout the journey. I just knew that I wanted to serve, and, and, and through serving, I wanted to thank God for having mercy and grace in my life. And yes. when I started serving there, I started understanding what vision and dreams were all about. How can this man and women of God receive a vision and how they were able to fulfill that vision and dream when God spoke to them? And right. most of the time when God speaks to you, the dream is bigger than your pocket, <laughs> right. bigger than your checkbook, uh, yeah. bigger than your resources, far greater than what you're able to handle. And that's when you know that God has called you to do something is when it's something bigger than you to fulfill. Is that's when you go into the journey of finding out what is it that you want me to do, God. And yes. that's where I started. And as I was serving in, in the community, I met a gentleman by the name of Jim Baker. And Jim Baker, I had no idea who Jim Baker was. I had no idea what Jim Baker had gone through. I had no idea what people were saying about Jim Baker. And I honestly, respectfully, I didn't care. All I right. cared was that this man preached a message on a Thursday night. And I still remember the, the sermon. He spoke about God can still use broken dreams. And after Pastor Baker fin finished preaching, I... You know, there was a lot of people around him, a lot of security that the church has that had provided. I snuck in and, and I put my arm around him and I said, Pastor Jim, I want to thank you. I love you, man. And I, I've been where you've been, sir. And after that, instantly, we became friends. Instantly, uh, we connected. And the relationship developed into a great friendship and a mentorship and years later, you know, Jim became a father, you know, adopted right. me into his family. But more than that, he began to mentor me on how to listen from God, how to obey God. And being around Jim and Rick Joyner, Bob Jones, just to name a few, I started learning about prophecy and about the role of a watchman and the role of a prophet and what do you do when God gives you a prophecy? What do you do when God gives you a vision? And throughout the years, I have really experienced that role in understanding how these men and women receive this type of messages that can change the culture, that can change how we pray and intercede yes. for the things that we are experiencing or the things that are about to experience. Sometimes I thought it was kind of crazy that they would prophesy things that had not come to pass, things that the world, I knew that the world and the news media were going to grab and ridicule Jim for speaking out loud about certain things that God has shown him that, you know, that were getting ready to come to pass. And I will ask Jim questions about what does it mean to be a watchman? What does it mean to be a prophet? And all of a sudden, the second nature took over, and I began to prophesy, and I began to start having dreams and having 
visions myself, and I will ask Jim and Rick Joyner and Bob Jones, people like that, what did it mean? I mean, why am I seeing things? Why am I having this type of dreams? What do I do about it? And what happens is the more you hang out with those type of people, you take on their nature and you take on what they begin to see. And, you know, we are living in a day in which the message of the prophet must must be understood and it has to be proclaimed. I mean, I can take it back all the way to Luke chapter 18, verse 31, when Jesus uh, talked to the disciples and he took them up and he said, listen, we are going up to Jerusalem and everything that is written by the prophets concerning the Son of Man will be accomplished. So even Jesus had to draw from what the prophets before him were prophesying about the Son of Man. And yes. the role of a watchman is so crucial, and I've been able to be developed and still being developed uh, on what the role of the prophet is for this hour. So throughout my journey in the last 23 uh, years, 24 years, uh, I have understood that the role that God has called me to do is to be a student of the word, but to be amongst the prophets that see things that are not um, that are not popular. And when you yes. go back, and I and, and you know I began to study people like David Wilkerson. Why did right. people not like him? Why did the church rejected him? Here's a man that wrote one of the greatest books that evangelized the world through Nick Cruz's story. And then in 1973, he receives a vision that changed his whole ministry. Now, I want to make something clear, Miles, because there's a lot of people that go out and prophesy just to prophesy, just to say that they had a prophecy and whatnot. And I don't doubt that. I think that's important. Right. But also there's prophecies that are for nations and for a culture. Then there's prophecy yeah. for individuals. Exactly. And when God calls prophets like, you know, David Wilkerson or watchmen like Rick Joyner and Jim Baker, they see things afar, from afar that right. they they bring back and, and tell the people so they can begin to pray. But the Absolutely. visions that most most of these prophets and watchmen receive are for nations, and they're not always fun. They're not always uh, visions and dreams. Uh, we can shout and scream about. Instead, we should be interceding. And one of the things is that when David Wilkerson received two visions in his life, this is what's interesting to me, he received two visions that changed his whole ministry. And one, the first vision that he received was for God, for him, to start Team Challenge and that it was going to change the way the drug culture had been developed and God had given him the vision on how Team Challenge was going to be a game changer for to restore lives. The second vision he received in 1973, a vision about America, and that's the vision that almost destroyed his whole ministry because he was ostracized by his own peers and, and by the church. The church rejected the message that, you know, David Wilkerson uh, received and that tells you if, you, if you're going to call yourself a prophet and a watchman, you better be careful because God will give you a download that will isolate you into loneliness right. and rejection. And I began to study this 
type of people that will receive a message for nations and for the culture and how they got rejected and how they got ostracized by their own peers. And then when Jim Baker came, um, became part of my life and, and I started hanging out with him every single day, we ate together, we prayed together, we studied the Bible together. This was a 24 hours a day, seven days a week. 365 days out of the year, we were together. I was absorbing everything that he had learned in prison about the book of Revelation and about how Jim went from being so charismatic and so loved and, and every program that he had a PTL uh, back in, in, in the 80s was all about good news. He never wanted bad news. He never wanted right. on the show because he wanted to encourage people but then when he landed in prison, God gave him a vision about the book of Revelation and began to study it word for word and realized, oh, my Lord, my theology has been so wrong. And right. Jim wrote a book called I Was Wrong Years Ago, and part of it was his theology was wrong and began to discover that the book of Revelation is one of the greatest books that Christ wants to reveal to the church so when I began to study the book of Revelation with him years ago, I began to understand where we are and how and why Jim started receiving dreams and visions about certain events that would change the culture and, and, and the times we're in and how to understand, especially the time that we're in right now. Are we A lot of people are asking, are we in the book of Revelation? Are we in the apocalyptic times? We're seeing biblical proportion events taking place that, you know, not only the church but the world is asking, is this the book of Revelation that we're in right now? So the journey that I've been in has been a journey of understanding the role of the watchman and the role of the prophet and really, you know, Jesus in Luke chapter 24, he rebuked two of the disciples on his way to Emmaus for not believing what the prophet spoke. And that's what's yes. happening today is that people are not believing that the God speaks through the prophet. And right. for me, that's a very alarming situation, especially if you're inside of the church and you're rejecting the voice of the prophet, because in Amos chapter 3, verse 6 and 7, God says, surely the Lord God does nothing without revealing his plans to his servants, the prophets. You yes. know, and if, right. as a prophet, we receive visions and dreams, and the church community or the faith community rejects what the prophets see. That means they're rejecting God. They're rejecting right. the Father. They're rejecting our Creator. And so I began to, you know, pretty much go back into the scripture. I can still remember Pastor Jim always telling me, till this day, don't believe me. Go back to the word. What does the word of right. God say about this? And if it doesn't align with the word of God, then you know what? Reject it and don't accept it and don't believe me. Absolutely. If it's not in the word, then it's not from God. But the yeah. journey I've been on is being able to develop and near to ear the Lord, eyes to see in the spiritual ground. And I'm not trying to super spiritualize anything. I'm just a student. I'm a kid from East L.A., California, grew up in the streets of L.A., and got radically saved and fell in love with Jesus, fell in love with the Word of God, and understood that my role was 
to be alongside the prophets and, and the watchmen. So one day, what if God calls me to be a watchman? What if God calls yeah. me to be a prophet? You know, I That's don't powerful. know. All I know is that I know what my role is, that when Pastor Jim receives a vision and a dream, I go into intercession. I go into reading the word, studying the word, and then help proclaim that word that God gave him according to the scriptures. So that's my short answer. <laughs> that's one, man, that's amazing. And honestly, your your story is, uh, to me, is remarkable. Um, just it, it's supernatural, everything that God has done with you and is continuing to do with you. Um, I agree with everything you said, and I think um, I think there's a lot of misunderstandings in the church when it comes to prophecy. Um, I think a lot of people don't understand that there's different uh, levels of prophecy. Um, you know, there's there's people that are called to prophesy in the local church. Uh, there's people that are called to uh, prophesy to cities, states, regions, and then like we've been discussing, even nations, which I know you've been involved with a lot of national prophets uh, uh, with uh, Jim, uh, with Pastor Jim and some other prophets you mentioned. And um, and then, you know, that every believer can prophesy. And so, you know, there's different roles and purposes for uh, for each. And so that is um, really, uh, I think the church has gotten kind of, a little superficial in some areas concerning prophecy and uh, revival. And I like what you said about, hey, let, let's bring it back to the word. Because, Absolutely. We have you to. Know, we have to. Well, yeah, you have to. If you don't, I mean, you can be so out of balance that, you know, you're just, and, and this is one thing, you know, the Apostle Paul told Timothy in the last days, you know, there would be doctrines of devils, uh, deceiving spirits, and we're seeing that already. Uh, Absolutely. You know, and the church has to learn, as the body of Christ, we have to learn to not fall for everything that is out there in the church and the faith community because, you know, the the Bible talks about there'll be days where we will have itching ears to hear just what we want to hear. But, you know, the prophets in the book of Acts talks about, you know, the apostle clearly states that the prophet speaks to this last day. He says, all the prophets from Samuel and those that follow after, as many have spoken, have likewise foretold of this of this day. I mean, right. even you can go back to John the Baptist. He understood that preaching the message of the prophets, he needed no new revelation. He needed no new doctrine. He just needed to preach out of Isaiah. And right. understood that out of Isaiah came the prophecy that, you know, two great prophecies Isaiah had was one, was he prophesied the birth of our Christ, of Jesus. And then he saw a vision that put him into despair almost. And that's, I want to tell people this. Anytime God gives you a prophecy, there'll be a happy prophecy, which the happy prophecy from Isaiah was, you know, he prophesied the birth of Christ and the coming of our Lord and Savior. But also he saw a prophecy that almost devastated him and, and put him into a, a fiddle position because he could not believe what he saw. And that's the thing I want people to understand is that we're not prophets. We're not watchmen of gloom and doom. 
and right. a lot of people, oh, they're gloom and doom. Jim Baker and, and the whole ministry, no, we're not doom and gloom. Right. When, when Isaiah saw a vivid, a vivid vision of the present day, it was for the watchmen and the prophets to sound the alarm. Exactly. And the unconcerned to wake up the church, to prepare for a day of disaster. You know, yes. but the same people, the same, you know, the church itself says this, enough of your doom and gloom. You've been you've been on the wall for too long. Why don't you right. ever give us a good word? Why so rough? Why so harsh? Why so negative? And that's what right. the church is saying today. And, and, you know, David Wilkerson called them pillow prophets. Right. You know? <laughs> and, but you know what? We don't need a pillow prophet right now. We need no, we men don't. and women that can stand in the wall for whatever amount of time they need to be up there to warn us, to sound the alarm that there's a day of disaster that's coming. When you look at what Jesus said, when the disciples asked him in Matthew 24, what will be the signs of, the, of your coming? And he explained there will be earthquakes in diverse places. There will be famine. There will be plagues. There will be earth uh, volcanoes. There will be all these terrible things happening. Now, then you get into a situation where people want to debate the, the pre-trib, mid-trib, and post-trib. Well, I'm going to tell right. you something. I came out of the world, and, and I don't care pre-trib, mid-trib, and post-trib. I'm not as concerned as what Jesus said to do. He said, pray. Right. <laughs> Seize the moment. Pray. And I want to, again, maybe let me correct myself. It's not that I don't care. It's just that people in the world, the church fights over theology while the world's dying, while the right. world's going to hell in a handbasket. And here we are in the church. We're fighting about who's right and who's wrong. And you know what? I, I do care. I do care because Absolutely. we don't need to spend time on debating who's right on the post-trip, mid-trip, or, 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 or whatever Instead, let's go back to what Jesus said. And Jesus said that the time that of, of, that will tell us, that will foretell of his coming back, are not going to be happy times. But we also, we need the watchmen and the prophets to sound the alarm so we can pray. The Bible says, if my people pray. Right. You know, are we familiar sure. with that scripture? If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face, turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sins and will heal their land. Right. I mean, that's a great promise from the scripture that if we, who are called by his name, when we see things that are coming that are not fun, famine and plagues and all that, what if the what if what if the the four horsemen of the apocalypse are riding right now? The church doesn't right. want to accept that, but yes. the scriptures clearly state that these are the signs that we are going to be seeing. So, as, as the church, as the prophets and the watchmen, we cannot be afraid to tell the people where we are according to scripture for one reason, so we can pray. Right. And we can humble yeah. ourselves, and God will heal our land. That's the promise. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, God intervenes. And I think, you know, the core message of uh, the core of the prophet's message always is repentance. It always has to be repentance. And you, essentially, you, know, you, you hit the nail on the head right there. 
Yeah, absolutely. Because that's what it's all about. Isaiah chapter 62 says, I have set watchmen upon thy walls, all Jerusalem, which shall never hold their peace day or night. Ye that make mention of the Lord, keep no silence and give him no rest till till he establishes and makes Jerusalem a praise in the earth. But later on in that scripture, he talks about repentance. Right. And it's all about turning from our evil ways, turning from our evil desires. You know, if you would ask me where we are right now, there's two portions of scripture that I think we're in right now. And as a, you know, as a student of the word and watching this prophet and being among the watchmen, as a as a culture, we are on Second Timothy chapter three, where we become right. lovers of ourselves. Then where we are in in the time right now, I think, I think. This is just my opinion. I think we're in chapter 6 of the revelation of the four horsemen are out of the barn. And I've studied this closely with Pastor Jim and Rick and a, a lot of major prophets. And they believe we are in the chapter 6 of the revelation and the church doesn't want to accept it. Wow. Yeah. And, you know, we we very well could be. And the thing is, Mondo, is that we have become so desensitized. It's like in Isaiah 5 says, you know, you call good evil and evil good. You know, we, we, uh, abortion is normal. All the homosexuality is normal. It's crept into the church. Uh, the Lord spoke something to me about a week or two ago, uh, that how the Jezebel spirit has crept in to the church, uh, into worship in the church and turned it into entertainment where it's just, it's become entertainment in the church, not true worship. Um, the spirit of Jezebel tries to come in through that and uh, displace true worship. And, you know, like when you and I spoke a couple of weeks ago, um, you know, we're at war in the spirit realm. Uh, most people don't know that we're at war, but we're at war. And, um, you know, there's uh, these high-level demonic spirits, principalities that are at work. Uh, Jezebel being one of them, uh, an antichrist spirit, which is mentioned in the book of Daniel, that uh, wears out the saints, um, that is constantly at work trying to, uh, you know, wear us down, wear us out. Uh, the spirit of Jezebel, like you see in Elijah's life, try, uh, began to threaten and attack his life through her words uh, to the point to where he wanted to end his life. Uh, we see pastors, you know, committing suicide, quitting, uh, throwing in the towel, um, and th- those are just signs of the times. And, uh, you know, I think the book of Jude, to me, uh, and I agree with you about Second Timothy also, but uh, Jude is uh, just a one-chapter book, and uh, I think it really um, defines in many ways uh, where, we are, where we're at today. Um, you know, there's a showdown on Mount Carmel, uh, between the between the true prophets and the false. Uh, you know, I'm thinking about Obadiah, who, you know, Obadiah, uh, when Jezebel was reigning and had dominion over Israel, uh, was hiding prophets by 50 in the caves uh, from Jezebel. And, um, you know, then finally here came a man named Elijah. And so I'm believing that the Lord is bringing forth uh, an Elijah prophet and Elijah generation is going to begin to come forth and uh, tear down the false altars of Jezebel, the altars of Baal, 
and uh, destroy, tear down, cut off the false prophet's voice, and uh, begin to restore the true. Uh, you know, one of the first things that Elijah did after he tore down the altars of Baal is that he rebuilt and restored the altar of the Lord, true worship to God in the land. And um, absolutely. And so I'm I'm hungry as a as a younger man. Um, you know, and I like what you said when, when you were saying, you know, Miles, I don't really consider myself to be a prophet. The scripture in the book of Amos immediately came to me where Amos said, you know, I'm not a prophet. No, I'm not a son of a prophet. I'm a, I'm a farmer. I'm a grower of sycamores. <laughs> you know, wow. I'm a grower of sycamore trees. You know, that's Amos uh, 7.13. Um, it says, and do not prophesy anymore of Bethel, for it is the king's sanctuary and the seat of his kingdom. Then Amos said to Amaziah, I was not, I was no prophet, neither was I a prophet's son. I was a herdsman and a dresser of sycamore trees and a gatherer of sycamore figs. He said, I'm no mm-hmm. prophet, but you know what? The Lord came to me, began to give me these downloads, began to speak to me. And, uh, I mean, if you read the book of Amos, it's, you know, it's very powerful prophetic uh, words that God spoke through them. And so, wow. you know, um, I think it's very important for us uh, now in this day and time to to be very discerning of uh, what's going on around us. You know, Absolutely. even like with this coronavirus, people are, you know, one thing about the media is that it's just fear, fear, fear. It's all, it's, all this stuff is fear-based. And, uh, you know, God hasn't given us a spirit of fear, but one of power, love, and of a sound mind. And so I just want to start. No, absolutely. Yeah. And why don't you take a minute to encourage people a moment? Um, Because I like what you said, Mondo, is is that people have to understand that part of the prophets and one of the major parts of the prophet's role, especially a watchman, is to warn the people of what's to come. I mean, if you look at, uh, you know, Ezekiel being a watchman. You know, oh. God told Ezekiel very early in his call, he said, look, I'm sending you to a stubborn and obstinate people. He told him ahead of time, he said, they're not going to listen to you, but I'm sending you anyway. Absolutely. You know, I was going to I was gonna read that Ezekiel chapter 3, verse 17, God said to the prophet Ezekiel, son of man, have I made you a watchman for the house of Israel? Therefore, hear a word from my mouth and give them a warning from me. Yes. Now, you got to notice that God's message, it was God's message, not Ezekiel's message or any other prophet's message. It was God's message that Ezekiel needed to deliver as a human instrument and as a prophet, as a watchman. The warning comes from God in a language phrase or, or to fit the situation that we're in right now. And I want to encourage people, especially in the time that we're in, I see two different things taking place in the church. The Bible says that the church, if you're a believer, you will be rejected in this time. But the problem is, or the dilemma is that the church is trying to fit in with the culture. The church is trying to fit in in every way possible to be politically correct. And we have forgotten to preach the cross. This, yes. You know, I've been to churches today where they don't preach the cross no more. There's no more altar right. calls. And when I came to Christ, man, they preached the cross. Matter right. of fact, exactly. there was an old hymn 
at the cross, at the cross, where I first saw the light. Yeah. Man, that song yeah, pierced yeah. my soul. And then the altar call was made to come and receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And today, there's no nothing about the cross. As a matter of right. fact, if the church preaches the blood of Jesus, man, you're you're lucky if they do that. You're blessed. But no, there's you're no so talk right. about the blood. There's no talk about the cross. There's no talk about an altar call to come and receive the Lord and Savior. The church is in a very, very alarming situation right now. And I want to encourage those that are listening that we are called. If you're called to be a prophet or a watchman, I want you to know that it's a very difficult call to to receive because when God spoke to Ezekiel, to be in the house of Israel as a watchman and to hear the words from God and then deliver the same words out of your own mouth to sound the alarm, to warn the people, you better take heed and, and, be, and obey to deliver that word that is not going to make you popular. Now, we live Absolutely. in a moment in time right now that everyone wants to be popular. Everyone wants yep. more likes. Everyone wants to be followed instead of following him, following That's Christ. Right. And the thing yep. about it is there's so many Facebook prophets and so many Instagram preachers, and you know what? we got to go back to the role of the church. And I don't do anything outside that I don't run through the leadership of my of the ministry. Yes. And you got to stay in your role. I'm not trying to build anything on the side. I'm not trying to build my own ministry. No, God called me to be under a ministry with Pastor Jim, uh, a Morningside Church and the Jim Baker Show. I'm not trying to go out and build my own reputation on Facebook and all that. I, I've been given the platform to do my own show, but that was blessed by leadership. Right. And the the right. thing is, we got so many people in the church that are getting out of bounds. They're getting out of their lane, and they're leaving their pastors alone. They're leaving their leadership and come back to leadership. Come back to the to what God puts you under, because there's a reason why God's called you to be under leadership, and that is to help fulfill the calling of that local church or that international ministry for one thing. We have to go back to prayer. We have to go back into the unity. And I want to encourage those that are listening right now. That it, Oh, and I want to say this very respectfully and very in humility because I care about you. I care that you fulfill God's calling in your life. But you know what? When Joshua was called by God, he didn't do it away from Moses. Right. He was underneath, always underneath of him. Timothy didn't go out and build his own ministry. He had to be blessed by Paul. When Paul's journey finished, you know what's happened? I I, got to encourage you on this. What's happening is that the old timers are not finishing well. And when I say that, I'm saying it because they have no one else to pass the baton to because Mm -hmm. Timothy is out trying to build their own platform on Facebook. They've got sister so-and-so trying to build her own Instagram profiles and trying to be influencers. And then the old timers are not, they don't have anyone to pass the baton to because no one's there. And therefore, they're not finishing well. And what we need to do as this generation is we've got to stay put. We've got to stay patient. Man, I've been yep. 
in a journey for 20-some years now, I have not moved. I've been lured to go to this ministry. I've been offered so much money to go over here and advise people, go start my own ministry. No, God called me stay, hey, stay put. Even when right. it's nice, even when, it's, when it doesn't feel good, stay patient, stay consistent, stay faithful. And I've been serving under this ministry for 22 years. And I want to tell you something. It's been ups and downs. It's been discouraging, but it's also been a blessing time. But the key is that God wants to look for consistency. Wants to God is going to use you when when you're there. But if you're not right. there to be used, then how can God continue to you know bless yeah. you and use you when you're dis- being disobedient out of your own leadership? And exactly. in order to understand the watchman and the prophet's role and understand where we are right now, God deals with everything in organization type of platform. It's got to be organized. It's got to have uh, ordinance in order to understand how to fulfill God's calling in your own life. So I want to encourage you, even during this times that we're facing about coronavirus, and I know on the Jim Baker show and even on my program, we have we deal with the coronavirus. What does it mean? Could this be the next big plague? We don't know. It could right. be this one. It can be a different one coming in the next few months, in the next few years. All we want to know is one thing, fear not. The Bible says fear not. But also he said prepare. We have to prepare. And as the church, you know, we we are being judged because when things happen, where is the first place people run to? They run to the church. When 9-11 took place, the churches were filled the next Sunday. Exactly. When, you know, the... When when things happen, tornadoes took place and, and, and hurricanes take place, the first place that people draw to is the church. And if the church is not ready with food and water and items, how can we offer salvation if we can't meet the physical needs of people? Now, people call us crazy. People call us a bunch of names. But you know what? you got to get past the rejection. you got to get past the criticism. And understand that when God calls you to do something, you're not going to be popular, but you're going to be there when they when you're needed. And right. I want to I want to say this because the mandate that God has given each of us, we got to do it now because the time is getting shorter and shorter. And our ministry right now has been called to launch a 24-hour a day prophetic network, a satellite network, and. Wow. We don't have the money to do it. We don't have the resources, but it's happening. And Pastor Jim had a vision and a dream that God gave him. Says this is the time that if this ministry is gonna is gonna go forward, you are called to launch a platform for the watchmen and the prophets, a live mm-hmm. network. And we're doing that right now. He's also called us to prepare people with food and water and items that will save people's lives. To, tools that they can use to evangelize, tools that they can use to start a conversation and present the gospel. We don't fear the things that are taking place right now. We're not, we don't live in fear. We live in preparation and proper planning that gives you a peace of mind, knowing that this is what Jesus talked about in Matthew 24. This is the revelation that God, Christ, gave John the, John the, the revelator, and so we, 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 we draw from that, but also understand we live in a modern time and a modern day, 
where people are going to want answers on what's happening. And, exactly. you know, through the Jim Baker Show platform, we're able to do that and be able to help people physically, help people give uh, to give information, bringing experts and prophets and watchmen to help us interpret the times that we're in. And you know what? It, what an amazing hour we're living right now. Pastor Carl Gallup was on the program yesterday, and he said we are living in the most prophetic time other than the time when Jesus was alive. Yes, sir. And we, we have been handpicked to live for this generation, and it's up to us uh, for the future of the message that God has given us to fulfill. And as role, and if you have the role of a watchman, if you have the role of a prophet, I pray that you use it wisely. I pray that you use it with humility and stay in prayer, stay in, in constant supplication, because I believe this, and I'm going to prophesy right now to those that are listening, God is going to begin to give the prophets visions and dreams that are not going yes. to be pleasant for the local church, but they need to hear the word of the Lord. They need to sound the alarm. There's a time coming where food is not going to be available, and the church people are going to ask, and one day they will put their fist up to their pastors and say, how come you didn't warn us? Don't let that day come unaware. Pastors, leaders, prepare your churches. Hear the word of God. I'm telling you, the visions that God wants to reveal to us as the church for us to get prepared, for us not to panic. Therefore, we can, the Bible says, I came to give peace, not like the world gives it. Right. And that's the key is that the peace that, the the world's going to hate the church because we're going to be at peace when, if the world's falling apart. Right, right. And exactly. how can they be happy? How can they be, you know, how can they be successful when all this is breaking all around us? And why is the church, what do they have that we don't have? Man, I'm telling you, when you walk in order with God, the Bible says that he will take care of us. But okay. also in Proverbs it says a fool sees calamity coming and doesn't prepare Oh, man, that, that that tells you a lot. But, again, I want to encourage you and tell you one thing, that the hour for the prophets and the, and the watchmen is right now to interpret yes. the time that we're in. And God is going to begin to rebuke a lot of these prophets that are not, they're prophesying things that are out of order. God is going to begin to correct some of his sons and daughters that are just giving happy prophecies that have nothing to do with the word of God. And God loves us so much that he will bring us back into correction. And we need to be able to hear the word of the Lord. And in order to do that, we need to go back to prayer, intercession, spending time with the Father, getting to know Christ in an intimate relationship is going to be the key for this hour. We need to get to know his voice. My sheep know my voice, the Bible says. That's right. That's right, Mondo. That's powerful. Thank you so much for sharing that with us today. And, you know, I feel like you're you're right on point. You're on target. Um, you know, it's, uh, it's like in Revelation, uh, I believe it's Revelation 3. Uh, it comes to the church. I believe it's uh, not Laodicea. Um I can't think of the name, but basically he says, wake up. 
you know, you've got all this, these works together and, you know, everything seems well. And, um, but essentially you're dead, you know, and, uh, uh, I know you've been around a lot of churches. I have too. And, um, the church really has to awaken and begin to arise. Um, we need the church. My, we need the church. The Bible says, I will build my church and the gates of hell will yeah, not prevail. Not prevail. Yeah. The exactly. church is the key to survival. The church is the key to the last days. The, the church is the key to now. And that's yeah. one thing I've known is that Pastor Jim has taught me is that the key is the church. Now, the church is, is getting rejected There's every way possible. You know, they're, they are considering the church to become a place of hate speech, and we That's are right. going to be rejected like no other time in history. And the Bible prophesied this in Matthew 24. Go back. I, I challenge everyone listening right now, go back and read Matthew 24. My God, I sound like my dad. <laughs> <laughs> but Matthew 24, read Matthew 24. Understand right. where we are right now, but I'm telling you, you said it right now, the key to survival, the key to getting through everything that we're going through is going to be the church together. You know, the right. Bible says in Matthew 18 and 19, again, that means he said it before, again, I say unto you that if two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything that they shall ask, it shall be done for them by my Father which is in heaven. I mean, agreement, there's power in agreement, people. And I want right. to tell you something. Let's agree together today. And as you're listening to this, I want to agree with you and Miles to know that this is the hour for the church. This is the hour that God is going to use the church, the watchmen, the prophets, the pastors, the evangelists, the teachers, the Sunday school teachers. God is going to begin to use them if we just agree together and be right. in one in, in accordance, in unity, knowing that, you know, God doesn't make a mistake for choosing us for this hour. And I just, again, I want you to leave encouraged knowing that God wants to use you. God wants to talk to you. He wants you to listen to his message. He wants you to fall in love with him and have an intimate relationship with him. So when he gives you a word and you deliver that word, Man, it's going to shake up nations. It's going to shake up communities. It's going to shake up the church, all for one reason. And Miles, you said it earlier. He's calling us to repentance. He's right. calling us to repent from our evil ways, to turn from our evil ways, and come back to Him. He loves us so much, Miles, that He's crazy about us. I can't Absolutely. keep saying it. He's crazy about us. He 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 yearns to have an intimacy with us. And you know what? I think it's time. It's time for the church to go back and fall in love with the Father. Go go back and yes. fall in love with, with his word and understand that his word is comforting. His word is, is correction. His word is a warning. But then again, his word brings peace and it brings closure to us and restoration in, in everything in our lives. But I'm telling you, the church is going to shine and I would think, and I, I don't just think, I know because I read the word, we are going to experience the greatest awakening in the midst of trouble. Yes, exactly. Yeah, Isaiah 60, arise and shine for your light has come. The glory of the Lord is risen upon you. Though darkness covers the earth and deep darkness, the people, my glory shall be upon you. 
And, uh, you know, I believe these are going to be great days of great conflict, but days of great uh, overcoming, uh, days of great awakening, uh, days of great salvation, um, days that the church is going to walk in great victory and power. And uh, surely the best is yet to come for us. Um, and, and But God, like you said, the sons of Issachar knew the times and they knew what Israel should do. Uh, we need to be so in tune with the Holy Spirit, uh, walking with him in intimacy and uh, in sensitivity. Uh, we know what we are to do. Uh, we know uh, where we're to go. Uh, we're no, we're going to know ahead of time uh, by the Spirit of God what needs to happen. Uh, we're going to have answers whenever the world, everybody's going to be looking to the church. I, I believe governments will be looking to us for answers. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll have healing and miracles when everybody else is sick and dying. And um, so uh, God's church is the answer. Amen. Absolutely. You know, I think, again, I want to give another word. This is the hour for God's people to be bold. Yeah. You know, and in Acts chapter 4, verse 31, it says, And when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they all spoke. They all spoke, and they all spoke the word of God with boldness. Yeah, with boldness. There's power and boldness, and I want to say that this is the hour where the church needs to stand up and be bold and proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ without condemning people. You can right. preach the word with love, and love right. usually, you know, will correct. And this is the hour where we need to be bold. We need to stand up and not be afraid. I never understood, Miles, why the church is afraid to stand up for what they believe in. I never understood because I come from a world in the gangs where we were bold. We had to hustle. We have to proclaim the gospel (laughs) according to the gangsters in the street. And we were not afraid to go to jail. We were not afraid to die for one another. As a matter of fact, we had a motto. We live to die and die to live for our gang. And wow. in the church, we're afraid to stand up for one another. We're afraid right. to stand up for what we believe in. But if I had boldness in the streets, how much more boldness am I not going to have now that I know the truth in Christ Jesus? We That's cannot true. be afraid. We cannot be afraid of rejection. We cannot be afraid to lose friends. We've got to stand up for what we believe in. We've got to stand up for what we know is truth according to the word of God. And we cannot compromise or stand. There's too many churches and leaders that are compromising their stand, all because they want to be open, friendly churches. And that's okay if you want to do that. But according to the word, if you if you stand up for what the word says, then you better get prepared because the attacks are going to come, but you got to be bold. you got to yes. have courage, and, and we've got to have some backbone back in the church. We lost our backbone. I don't know whatever happened to the backbone of the church. Absolutely. <laughs> you oh, you're right. You're Man, right. you got me going already. Man. Yeah. I mean, Second Timothy, all those who live godly in Christ uh, shall be persecuted. And, uh, you know, Jesus said... Uh, you know, people will hate you uh, on account of my name. And so uh, it comes with the territory, man. I think a lot of people, 
we don't know what we signed up for. Um, it's funny what you, you know what you were saying about the cross, uh, because I I uh, I'll just share this quickly, and then I want us to pray, and then uh, uh, close out here. Uh, but last night I uh, I posted this: a sign that witchcraft has crept into the church is the removal of the cross applied to our lives in our preaching and in our teaching. You know, in other words, when the cross is removed, well, that's the source of the power. The power of God is the cross. That's the source where the gospel receives its power starts at the cross. And so the enemy has worked overtime to try to remove that even out of the church. And so that really struck a chord in me when you said that earlier. And uh, we have to begin to preach the cross again. Preach about the blood of Jesus again. That's what makes us different. That's what makes us different. I want people to keep hearing. What makes us different is that the cross is what separates us from every other religion out there. But more than that, he died on the cross for three days and then rose. That's what separates, and we cannot keep hiding that the cross is what makes the difference. We are healed because of the cross. We are saved because of the cross, of the sacrifice that was made on the cross. You know, so, man, I'm so glad you're saying that because today, no matter where you are, no matter where you find yourself, no matter what you're going through, the significance of the act that was done on the cross it's what gives us hope. It's what yes. brings restoration in our lives. It's what allows yes. us to see visions and dreams. It's, you know, the, the significance of the act in the cross that Jesus did. That's the foundation of who we are as Christians. Yes. Many people will reject it. Many people will not accept it. Many people will not want to proclaim it because they don't want to offend people. Well, exactly. If, if you don't believe in that, uh, I, I'm sorry to tell you, but you can't continue preaching. You can't continue to prophesy. No, you can't. We can't do it. That's what separates us from everything else out there. And it is because of the cross that we're here today. It is because of the significance of the portrayal and that human sacrifice that was done through Jesus Christ is the reason that people like me can be restored. And we can't lose hope. We cannot lose hope. Yeah, that's powerful. You know, the the cross and, you know, uh, the scripture that's coming to me is that uh, Jesus is a stumbling block and a rock of offense. And, uh, you know, and so uh, the cross is offensive. And that's why a lot of the church has stopped preaching on the cross. They don't want to offend people anymore. Look, mm. we're going to have to get over that. And we're going to have to start, you know, preaching the truth of God's word and the cross. And that's why we're not seeing the power of God manifest in the church. It's because the cross isn't being preached anymore. It's not being proclaimed. And, no, absolutely. Uh, we, we don't want to offend anybody anymore, Mondo. No. And, and the thing is this, we're, you know... But we're getting a bad name, but, it, you know, because when you get into, you know, the culture, 
there's a culture war taking place right now. And the the Bible is being considered hate speech. That's and, right. But you yeah, know what? Christ died for all of us. I'm no better than a homosexual out there. My lifestyle right. being in the gangs and drugs and crime is no is no better than, you know, a thief or whatever. No, we're all the same. The Bible says we all have sinned and have and fallen short and therefore we have to get redeemed and restored through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross. The dilemma is that we're trying to take scriptures out and have a holy Bible. You get it? You have Bible right. withholds because we're trying to take scripture out of context and we can't do that. And no. We got to go back and, and love people, love people where they are. When 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 I was introduced to the gospel, man, people were trying to just tell me all kinds of crazy things. Take this off, put this on. Don't walk this way. Don't dress that way. Don't say this. Don't say that. What? Man, I was just a baby Christian, not understanding what was happening in my life, until I began to read the word for my own and say, you know what? God loves me where I am. God loved right. me from my heart and the conviction of my heart. I began to change on the outside, but we're trying to change people immediately without them having an intimate relationship with Christ, and we're condemning people already. Yeah, we know what sin is. We don't have to keep reminding people of their sin. Let's right. teach them about love, unconditional love. Unconditional love drives you to change from within without being without condemning people to hell just because Absolutely. they look different or, oh, they're homosexual. Man, leave them alone. Love them. Yes. Serve them. Love Be kind them. to them. I think in the church, Miles, you know what I, my perspective, in the church we lost the art of kindness. We don't know how yeah. to be kind anymore. But when you read the scriptures about Jesus, he was kind to every person he came across. He didn't judge anybody. Today, we're worried more about their sins and, their, and judging people and, and, and marching on the street. Man, I don't want to march. I, 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 you need to be a friend without an agenda. Be genuine. Right. Be real. Don't go Absolutely. into it trying to save somebody and be sneaky about it and almost be <laughs> a, a salesman about it. We're not salesmen. Right. We need to be genuine, and that's why people in the, out, of, out of the church, outside of the church, don't trust church people because church people always have an agenda. They're always trying right. to market, and you know what? We need to build solid, genuine relationships with no hidden agendas and just be kind to people, even yeah. even if they don't accept uh, what you believe in. Still, your kindness is going to go a long way. The Bible Absolutely. says we need to have the fruit of the Spirit. Be meekful, be long-suffering. And, you know, when I look at people today in the church, and there's a lot of mean church people, and I see it on Facebook all the time, people that comment about the Jim Baker show and people that want to be... um oh, horrible. <laughs> always commenting, that, oh, but they're church people. We love right. Christ. But they, they're spewing out so much hate through their words that you can't tell the difference if they're born again or not. So I went back and I said, Lord, how, do, how are we going to know that people are born again? And I went back to Galatians chapter 5, where you should know them by their fruits. And what are the fruits that we bear for Christians? Kindness, long-suffering, yeah. meekfulness, love, peace. And I'm thinking, my Lord, 
please allow me to bear those fruits because I don't want to be a Christian that is frustrated, always spewing out hate. I want, you know what, if you're a true Christian, you, you, you pass that through Galatians chapter 5, and most people are going to fail that test. Even though right. they profess to be Christians, but at the end of the day, the Bible says you should know them by their fruit. And the fruits yeah. that we're bearing is the fruits that are going to show if we are true, genuine, real Christians and understand that the role of a Christian, the role that we're called to do is, is, is of, of what Jesus taught us in his word. And I'm afraid that the church has gotten too far away from that. And the church people that are sitting in the audience, I'm afraid that they're not being taught the word. Everything spiritual coaching from the pulpits, Everything is inspirational, motivational speaking. There's yep. no conviction coming out of out of the pulpits. Everyone's everyone in the in the pulpit is trying to be more hip than the last pastor. They want to dress exactly. hip, or, and that's fine. I'm not talking about that. I'm just talking about don't compromise the word of God. Yeah, don't yeah. compromise. Teach exactly. the people to be kind. Teach people to right. bear the fruit of the spirit. So we can reach more people. So we, the Bible says he called us to not to be served, but to serve people. Exactly. That means serve the Muslims, serve the LGBTQ community, and reach them knowing that you're going to be able to reach them by your fruit. Yes. Absolutely. You know, it's amazing because, wow, what a great opportunity we have to win the world and we're missing the boat on it. And I try to do it every single day. I try to do it with my neighbor. I try to do it with my friends. I try to do it with as many people possible and love them and be kind to them and not come in with a hidden agenda. I let my life speak for myself. I let my actions, I let my fruit of the Spirit just take me as far as I can go with it and be as genuine as once someone was with me when they introduced me to the gospel. That's awesome. That's that's true, Mondo. Well, Mondo, this has been excellent. I have, man, you got me going, brother. <laughs> I have, uh, man, I'm telling you, we could go for another hour or two. Um, and no, it's been excellent, man. Thank you so much. Um, just so much confirmation and uh, a lot, like, what I'm really hearing from your heart today is that let's be authentic. Let's be the real church. Absolutely. That's what I, that's what I'm hearing out of your heart. Uh, let's be the real church. Let's be full of love. Let's be like Jesus, you know, which that's something I don't hear a lot of people say anymore, you know? No, we Uh, need to be real. Yeah. We need to be real and, and that's what this younger, you know, younger generation really is looking for. Uh, for is uh, the I, real I, deal. I want to say one more thing before we leave. Sure. Is this? Let's quit trying to over spiritualize everything. Yeah. And because that's 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 creating a disconnection with our culture today, with the younger generation, is right. that we're trying to portray a life that is unreal expectations that we can't meet will always lead to frustration. And the church is the catalyst of portraying such spiritualization of everything. No, bring it down to normal, man. Bring it down to normality. Bring it down to reality. 
And the reality is that we are all struggling. The reality is that we are not all perfect. The reality yes. is that we don't got it all together. The reality is we don't have enough money. The reality is we live from paycheck to paycheck. The reality is that right. you add you <laughs> add on what you think, but this is what separates us. Is that we all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Yeah. And that's what causes us to know that Christ died for us for the inability that we're not able to to meet. Christ fills in those needs in those areas that where we fall short. Let's be real, people. Stay yeah. real. We need genuine people around. We get, we, I am so tired of the fake. I'm so tired of the jumping and shouting and, and right. what you, man, I, 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 I passed that already. I don't want that in my life. I don't want it near me. Yeah. I run away from it. I want people that are going to be real. If you're a Christian and you still have trouble cussing, I want to hang out with you. If you're right. a Christian... <laughs> and you're still having problems with drinking, I want to hang out with you. Why? Because right. at least you're real about it. Don't right. hide it and be fake. Yeah. Let's come yeah. together in agreement and pray for God to keep us um, to get better and better each day. And you know what? That's what's going to make a difference is if we are real with one another. The Bible says bear one another's burdens. That's right. And so fulfill the law of Christ. The law of Christ. I'm telling yeah. you, when we bear one another's burdens, when we become real with one another, that's when Christ will show up and change change things in our lives. Instead instead of trying to pretend that I'm better spiritually than you and I know more than you. That's why I always say, I'm a student of the word. I got a lot more to learn because right. the moment you put a title on me, you stop my growth. You put you in a box. <laughs> that's it. Because then you have to meet those expectations. And I don't know anyone other than Christ that can fulfill those expectations. Because I'm telling you, I have walked along men and women that have a lot of followers and people that admire them. And I spend a lot of time in private with a lot of great men and women that are very well known. And I found one thing out. They are normal just like you and I. They they fall (laughs) short just like you and I. They put their pants just like you and I. They live paycheck to paycheck, even though people think, oh, they're making all this money because they're on TV. No, listen, we live yeah. paycheck to paycheck. We live on a prayer and supplication every day, and there's days we don't know if we're going to make it financially. There's days we don't know if God is. I'm telling you, we are as normal as you can think, and but because the perception is different, but at the end of the day, I want people to know just because they watch the Jim Baker show and they watch us up there and we're asking for funds and, and raising money, it doesn't mean we're rich. I'm telling you, we we live in a very normal home. We live, we drive normal cars. We we um, <laughs> the thing is this: the perception that has been put on the church is so false that people are getting in, 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 in into lies that they don't even know about. But at the end of the day, we are in need of Christ as you are every single day. And that, my friend, is called being real, is being genuine, and I cannot live my life unless I'm real and genuine. And that's how I'm able to make it this far in life. People always ask me, how did you make it this far? Man, I made it day by day, surrounding myself with people that can have a vision and a dream for me, people that can help me get to where I need to be, but there's been a learning curve in having great mentors around me to teach me almost every step of life 
we need one another. If I'm right. going to get to, if I'm going to get through my 20s, I need somebody that has been there. If I'm going to get through my 30s, I need somebody that has been in the 30s. If I'm going to make it through my 40s, I need people that can help me that have been in their 40s because there are challenges. Every decade brings a different challenge, and you, dip, dip, you need different mentors for different stages of life. And right now, I want to speak to those that are listening. You're in a stage in your life that you don't know how you're going to make it through. Surround yourself with people that have gone through what you've gone through to teach you the steps on how to get through what you're going through right now. That's what's going to help you make it to the next stage of your life. And then you're going to be facing situations that you can't do it alone. And if you become a critical, uh, judgmental person, get out of that situation. Surround yourself with people that are, you know, that speak life. The Bible says death and life comes out of the tongue. Right. Man, be people that speak life into existence. Be someone that can speak, I don't want to say positive, but encouraging words and be able to value yourself. If you don't value yourself, there's no way you're going to be able to value someone else's life. And people, the reason I believe people are not real is because they don't know how to value themselves. They don't see the value in themselves the way God values them. When you discover how God values you, that's going to free you up to value life around you and become real about it. That's my two cents today, Miles. (laughs) Man, that's awesome. Wow. Man, it's uh, it's been a real conversation. It's been real. It's been real good. And, uh, man, I just appreciate your time and and, uh, uh, joining us today. And just tell folks how they can... Uh, catch your your show and absolutely uh, continue to hear more. Listen, if you want to continue to hear more from me, you can tune in on, on and watch the Jim Baker Show every day, five days a week, and watch us on the JimBakerShow dot com, or you can find us on your local station. But you can also watch my show, the Mondo Show, on the PTL Network. Just download the app on your phone, your computer, your you know, you can go to the website, ptlnetwork.com. Every Monday night, 8 p.m., you can watch the Mondo Show and where we talk about real conversations and talk about different issues that can change and encourage your life. So follow me on social media, Facebook, Instagram, uh, Twitter, and just follow me there. <laughs> awesome, man. Well, Mondo, thank you so much. and. Man, it's been a great conversation. I know we'll have to get back together again sometime and Anytime continue the conversation. Yeah, man, it's been awesome. Praise God. Well, God bless for, you. Yeah, God bless you. Um, thank you so much. And I want to thank everyone for joining us today. Um, it's been an excellent conversation. Take to heart everything that we've been discussing. Uh, be like a Berean. Go to the word of the Lord and and just dig in. And... Um, you know, the Bereans, they, they listened to everything that Paul taught them, but it says they also went back and searched the scriptures. And so I encourage you to do that. Go and search the scriptures. Uh, go read Matthew 24. Go read uh, the end-time prophecies of Jesus, of Christ. Uh, begin to read the book of Revelation. And uh, really dig in and seek the Lord. Uh, call upon his name. Uh, seek him while he be, might be found and call upon him while he's near. And... Uh, you know, this, the Bible says, if you draw near to him, he'll draw near to you. So uh, we want to encourage you with that. 
Uh, again, thank you so much, and God bless you. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you for joining us on Encountering the Prophetic. Subscribe to our podcast to receive more powerful teachings that will equip you to live a victorious life. For more information about our ministries, go to www.mileskilby.com. You can also follow me on social media to receive daily encouragement and prophetic words on Facebook by searching at Miles Kilby Ministries or on Instagram by searching Miles underscore Kilby. We'll see you on the next episode of Encountering the Prophetic.